0: Welcome to No Challenges Remaining on Day 12 of the U.S. Open 2020 Men's Semi-Final Day. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by they always a, f- a finalist in my heart, not a first-time finalist, but a repeat finalist in my heart, Mike Cation, repeat NCR guest. You know him, you love him from the USDA Pro Circuit primarily, and now he's doing US Open Radio at the Grand Slam level, crushing it, doing the first match today, which I've seen better, but I'm sure I haven't heard better, because mm. I'm sure the call was fantastic, Mike. <laughs> Mike, welcome back to NCR, how you doing?
1: Uh, ben, I just have to say, it is really fitting for me to be, it's Mary Carrillo- Nick McCarville, and then I just sit here and I'm thinking, what the hell do I have to offer the people of No Challenges Remaining after, I mean, let's face it, Mary Carrillo's an effing legend. I yeah. just sat there rapt listening to your conversation and then hearing you and Nick and I, both days, true story, both days I was listening to the podcast and the first person I saw that day was Mary Carrillo and then nick mccarville so i think the first person i see tomorrow is going to be me so that might be a, a positive start but no i'm so excited to be here it was a day today it was a day that it had two matches
0: <laughs> that is a we can agree on that it was a day that yes. had two matches there were you know more wheelchair matches there was a women's doubles final which was actually right. much better than the singles matches it was but uh but yeah so we are going to talk about these men's matches we have our two u.s open finalists they are alexander zverev and Dominic Team, not surprising, really. Once Djokovic comes out of the draw, that we get those finalists. I think those would been yeah. relatively common picks. I was picking Medvedev uh, to win this tournament at that point and to make the final out of the bottom half. He lost in straights to Team, and we and Zverev uh, won in in five over Carina Busta. Let's get into these matches. These matches were not good. The no. first one, the second one was okay. The second one was not good, but it was fine. It was yes. pre- it was reasonable, reasonable yes. match. Good, reasonable there are some timing.
1: good moments of like at the especially yeah. at the beginning, really high level,
0: and some good drama too. Scoreboard, yes, ones. like there are some yes. compelling moments in that match. We're going to start with the first match though, yes. because the first match was awful, and I say this with <laughs> with love, and as someone who wants the best for this sport in a lot of ways. Some people, you know, I complain about these matches sometimes on Twitter. People are like, "You don't like tennis?" Yeah. I was like, "No, if I." If I, if I said this was a good match, I would have no credibility. This was not good for the stage. Granted, yes, they could both beat me at tennis. Yes, I know, like, the obvious things people are going to say. Yes, I've never tried to make it to my first slam final, you know, whatever, pressure things. But this match was both of them playing, definitely Zverev, playing way below his abilities, again, yes. for Zverev for the second match in a row. And winning in spite of that, in a match where he started off really bad, he was down 6-3, 5-love and looked way out of it and i i never thought he was out of it though because he was playing so either. far he was playing so bad that you knew the second that he got any momentum he could just kind of slingshot up and then Karina Busa, you see this happen all the time in matches where somebody especially in women's tennis from gets bageled first set and then they come back and win because the other person it's harder to respond right when you've been cruising and the other guy raises this level to counter answer that when you've play down to their level, it's, it's tough. Anyway, so Zverev comes back uh, from 3-6, love 5 down, and wins 3-6, 2-6, 6-3, 6-4, 6-3. It was a come from two sets behind comeback, uh, but it wasn't really dramatic per se because it kind of shifted all at once, slowly, and then it was just one... It was it was a U-turn. It was one-way traffic for for Carreño and then one-way traffic for Zverev for slightly longer, and I thought this match sucked. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it And that does for it for
1: this week's No Challenges Remaining. Look. I, so I was calling it with uh, Sophie Amiak, Mark Woodford, and there was a stretch of three straight breaks in the third set. Zverev mm-hmm. broke first. Carino Busta broke back. Well, I shouldn't say that because Zverev gifted him the break. Mm-hmm. And then Zverev got the break right back. And we all just kind of looked at each other and, and said, I think that actually might be just about it. Yeah. You know, and that being said, Zverev was down two sets to love at that point, but we all just kind of felt that unless Zverev just had gaff after gaff after gaff in one of the sets, it was his to lose from that point on. And I think you could actually say that before the match started. It was going to be on Zverev's racket throughout. There's a reason that Karenio Busta is now five and thirty one against the top ten. He just he's he's very good. He's and very good, but he just doesn't have
0: without without counting the Djokovic default, also he I think it's yeah. one and nineteen on hard courts against the top right. ten. And I could sense that in him. I was saying that during the match, or tweeting that during the match. Like he didn't seem like he really believed. Like he seemed like he was waiting for it all to fall apart and it kind of did. And this is yes. I mean, Kerenio, I was picking actually Carino, I was started picking Kranio before the match because I was so impressed with Zverev's level. And I responded to a couple of tweets been like, I think Kranio's got this because he I think I know he'll play a tactically smart match, and I can't say that about Zverev after what I've seen from him. And that was, for the first hour and 15 minutes, it was 100%. hard to watch, but it was at least, like, Carino doing the right things. And then his level dropped and everything. I find very remarkable for, for reasons that... I mean, he's won six matches, right? Like, all you're assigned... Your whole task at this tournament is to win your match when you go on the court, and he's doing that. But he's doing it in this way that's just so odd to me. Like, I can't mm-hmm. think of a, of a Grand Slam run from a, a non-accomplished player that is, like, this this scratchy I'm trying to think of, yeah. what, of, of what it is it, it's, it's almost it's not even like it's like a you know a top player we've seen you know like Federer in 2017 showing up and won a bunch of five setters to get there right or Serena 2015 French Open you know she has her flu and she's playing through it and there's a lot of epics and she's playing below her level but still sort of in this valiant way it's very just kind of dinking around and yeah. it's working for him and credit to him he's in the final he can very plausibly win his first slam here But I wanted somebody to step up in this in this moment of Federer Nadal not not being here and then Djokovic going out the way he did and someone to step up and really put on a show. Right. And Sasha Zverev has not done that at all. And I just I want the torch pass to be a little bit prettier than that. He still has a chance in the final to do something cool. But the the resume to this point uh, has been. Yeah, I'm just I'm just down on it right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you look at his path here. I mean, Kevin Anderson in the first round—that's that's, that's, that's a tough. That's tough. Really difficult first round. He came through that. Brandon that was his Nakashima, best match of the whole tournament. The Anderson match. I agree. Match. Yeah, by a Brandon lot. Brandon Nakashima is going to be a, a top thirty player, I think, in a year or two, um, and so that win will look more impressive in a couple of years. Adrian Mannarino. I mean, the Davidovich Fokina match. What you know, two two and one, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think there is. We can say all we want about the fact that, yes, it looked horrific the last two matches for him, the wins over Borna Cioric and and today over Correño Busta. We can say that. But he did it. He accomplished something that, frankly, I don't know that he does the last couple of years at this level. You know, we talk about all the time, especially at the challenger level, learning how to win with your B game, your C game, you know, when you're not playing at peak performance, and He's done that here these last two days. So yeah, we can say how ugly it is. I don't think he gives a crap. He got through and he's done some things this tournament that he wouldn't have done two years ago, three years ago. And I think there's a lot of credit that is due to Zverev for that.
0: Have you seen those videos where it's like they're polling the ATP guys, ATP media products where they're polling the ATP guys on like, who's like the strongest guy on tour? Who's the hardest worker? Who's the funniest? Mm. And Zverev keeps picking himself was like, I'm yeah. gonna have to, I'm gonna, like, for strongest, like, I'm gonna have to put myself in there. Like, that kind of belief, like, you can't buy yes. that, right? And that goes a long way when you don't realize how that's a huge superpower for an athlete in a sport like tennis, which is so much about not letting self doubt creep in, right? When you can go out there and feel like you're the best on court, even when you're objectively not that's a huge thing. And looking at his draw, I hadn't looked at his draw that carefully until this moment, actually, I got to say, at least in the last couple of days, yeah. the draw, the draw was really friendly. Like after Anderson, which is, which the toughest first round match there was in this tournament. So after Anderson, full marks for beating Kevin Anderson in a very tough four sets. Yes. But then Nakashima, who's good player, as you said, but, Not proven at this level yet in best of five or in slams or against the top 10 guy. Manorino, who was in the middle of being guillotined, essentially, uh, by the health authorities, a little bit distracted. Then Davidovich, Chorich, Chorich first-time quarterfinalist at a slam. And then uh, Pablo Carreño Busta in his second slam semifinal. And when you're giving Carreño a good shot against you in in the semifinals, like, it's – I don't know. Again, like, because I – because I get the sort attention and hype, it's not like this is some rando making a slam final on any level. It's not like not like the draw fell apart, and it's not because he's the guy who was always like he got next, but that he's doing it in this way. I'm just having it's not top befitting time. of him. No, it's it's beneath him, kind of in his yes. hype, and of him being like this, you know, savior of the generation that's coming, and and I just worry that. If if he if he plays like he did in these last two rounds and wins the tournament, if he if that tennis somehow beats Dominic Team, who who knows what's going on with Dominic Team's Achilles tendon or whatever else he has going on, maybe yeah. maybe things go badly for Team in this final. Like that is just not the transition of power you want in the sport. It's just but not, and it's going to really it's going to it's going to lead to this tournament being diminished. I fear. I, I totally get that point, but he
1: doesn't care. I don't know that. I don't know that the players necessarily care that much. I think that might be a tennis Twitter fan commentator thing. Yeah. Like
0: as much as we. Oh, I don't talk think I'm, about, not, I'm not saying Zverev cares. That's, yeah, that wasn't really my point. I just think that, like, from from a punditry level, right? Sure. Like, what does yeah. it mean when when someone wins a slam but does it at this really you know crawling pace?
1: Sure. I. That being said, I I do believe firmly. In the idea of, you know, this, I hate this cliche, but I do believe it should be true. Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. Like we talk, his, we talk about his arrogance. His, his arrogance is great in some ways. Terrible in others with the shirtlessness, <laughs> dancing on tables, COVID, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he believes he should be there. I, I, I would say if he does win on Sunday... I will be interested to see what the transformation is for him with the real belief now, not just this fake belief, but a real belief that he belongs in the final every single Grand Slam or semi-final or better every single Grand Slam. Does that make him the next guy to kind of take over that mantle? I I found myself as I was preparing to talk to you, Ben, like I'm, I'm looking at these draws myself and I'm just like, Okay, we're, we're talking about the next group, right, after these, the big three go. I, I don't see anybody here that is the transformational talent, the, that next really, really great superstar. We've been blessed over the last 15 years with three of the greatest, you know, you can throw Andy in there as well, yeah. four of the greatest of all time. I don't see anybody here, as I'm looking up and down this draw, who's befitting of joining that group or even coming close to that group. And that's fine, you know. That's that's totally fine. But what happens if Sverd gets a grand slam and kind of has that moment and realizes
0: what his capacity is? I, yeah. I don't know. It, it it can be right. You can get it's when, however you get it. It's a really real grand slam. And look at like. Yes and she played better than Zarev on route to this. It was not the best comparison, but look at like a Yelena Ostapenko who came out of Mm -hmm. nowhere to win a French Open. After that, she started walking around like she was a slam champion because she was. And she right away made a quarterfinal at Wimbledon, which was her second best slam result. You know, made final of Miami, semis of Wimbledon the next year and was a top five player. Like, and granted, it's fallen off since then for her, but, you know, you can get something that you're maybe not prepared for that didn't quote unquote weren't next in line for it didn't quote unquote deserve, which are all bad words in, in sports. Yeah. Deserve is a terrible word for a title because you win it, you win it. It's, it's what right. it is. But yeah, that can motivate him. And yeah, Zverev does have the talent that if, if he takes this and processes it, he can, you know, convincingly win slams in the future. Yes. It's just that he hasn't been doing that. And yes, it, it is impressive that he's winning with his B game at, that's generous with his, like yes, D, with a with C <laughs> game at best. I think C is even generous. Probably it's a C minus game. Over competition who's not the most robust, let's be real, with Chorich, not playing great Chorich, and an off-day Carreño Busta. Like, this is not, like, wow. Especially compared to the second semifinal, which was much, much better level. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I I just have a tough time reconciling it with his, with how he's... I just, if he wins this tournament and he starts getting marketed, it's like, behold, our, our hero has arrived. Like, here is our... Tall, skinny German boy with amazing hair. And the hair is not <laughs> knockable, right? The hair is right. 90% of its appeal. I fully get that. He's earned that. That's, that takes work. I get that, right? But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it'll feel hollow to me. It will.
1: I will say this to kind of tweak this idea, though. I, I have heard multiple people say, you know, kind of behind the scenes saying they don't think it's coincidence that it's happening with dad not around. That's interesting. I, I and multiple people said that that I you know when I believe it was Juan Carlos Ferrero when he was working with with Sverev, I think that was one of the sticking points for him was that he said listen we got to kind of change the path and have you become and become your own man. He's having this moment here where he is away from his family his dad specifically is he growing up a yeah. little bit here you know and and kind of learning and not looking at his dad with that. I mean, we got the pass thing was such a effing disaster. That whole parental, you know, um uh, relationship is so f- fraught flawed and, and fraught with just stress and anxiety. And maybe this is that uh, that moment where he's kind of learning to become himself and, and relying on himself a little bit more. Again, I'm trying to put the rosy shine on it here. I and like just that. Say, I like that. You know? I, hadn't,
0: I hadn't heard that discussed before at the Talking for Verif's Tournament, and I, I can nod and agree with that as you say that. I think... Yeah, I mean, he's he's looking mature, and all of them kind of are. I mean, everyone's kind of doing it a little bit on their own at this tournament, yeah, right? Because sure. you're not you're not getting because I think Zverev gets reasonable crowd support. He would have definitely got against Correa today. So I think, yeah, I think that he, doing it without that and it coming from within on whatever level that means, uh, with no parent there, yeah, that's that's impressive for him. And like I said, he is impressive. It's just the matches have not been. That's Correct. the issue. It's that he's winning really, really ugly when that's not the kind of player he is. It's not yep. like it's not cuz he has a pretty game. Yes, he His does. His game is he plays pretty tennis, right? And so for him to like be getting through this in this in this clunky ways is Again, it's impressive because winning is winning, and winning when you're not at your best is, you know, a big cliche of how to be a great champion. But like, right. I do want to see you play your best at some point when you <laughs> win, when you're getting a slam final, and making a breakthrough at, at this tournament. Right. This is the first slam in you know eight months or whatever. Like, I want it to look nicer than this, and
1: it's not I going just, to.
0: I you know, well maybe it will. Maybe playing someone like Team, who he doesn't think that he has to beat, he's two and seven against Team in mm, the final. Yeah, maybe that frees him up a little bit. Maybe he plays. More uh positive tennis because he's playing really you know not to lose kind of tennis right now. Maybe he plays yes. more positive, assertive of tennis, and it looks it all looks better. Especially yeah, but mm, anyway, just not not digging it right now. I'm, I I just don't like where it sort of leaves his arc and where it leaves the sort of next gen arc. That, yes, again because it, he this could have reasonably been his time, even without COVID. Telling, saying he makes a final here, or he wins the 2020 U.S. Open. If you told us that two years ago, we'd be like, "Yeah, sure, that makes sense." Vera. the 2020 right. U.S. Open, yes. great, sure, yes. Same with team. Yeah, it's just the style points. But not are so this low. way. Yeah, oh, right. And I, and I do think style points kind of matter, and, and at least when they when they're this clearly off the mark. Uh, Dominic team, as mentioned previous, several times previously, is the final opponent here. Yeah. He won in straight sets over Dino Medvedev. A match that was only, despite being straight sets compared to five sets, only 27 minutes shorter. Yeah, right. Zverev's f- five setter. This was a much better match in terms of quality, yes. in terms of competition. Daniil Medvedev was up in both the second and third sets, lost it. Uh, sorry, was up five two in the third and five three in the second. Right, you say that. Hold on. Was up five three in the second and then <laughs> five two in the third. Uh, that in chronological order of how it happened, and. He just kind of blinked, I think, mostly in those situations, and it was, I was frustrating because I, I was ready for this match to go longer. As much as people think, oh, I you was best of five, but I like I like decisive sets that are being competitively played, so I was fine with it. Yeah, but team team hung on and uh, seemed a little bit surprised to have won in straights afterwards. Or he just seemed like I he was so he, he was talking about being nervous in tie breaks and stuff. I think he was a little surprised. I don't know if he's surprised to win. He might have been surprised to win because I a lot of people were picking that in this match, but I think he was surprised that it came. Came in straights with how that match was feeling on court. I think there was a little, an easy bit of sheepishness in the victory for him, uh, but obviously he backs himself and he's played a very solid tournament. He's gotten, unlike Zverev, really good style points for team throughout in terms of his, his matches. Winning in he's four, lost a set, yeah, one set, and that was to Marin Cilic, who's a former right. champ and the last guy to be the first time slam champ. We haven't mentioned that, but Team or Zverev will be the first new men's slam champ in six years uh, since Marin Cilic.
1: Th- you look at the path. Um, taking out the first couple rounds, Nagal, and Munar. I mean, it's Chilich, it's Felix, it's Diminar and Medvedev. Those are all players who, again, once you take uh, Novak out of the draw, I mean, those are all guys that if they're into quarterfinals, semifinals, every single one of those guys, you're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're semifinal capable players in a draw like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to, for him to do it and the way he did it. Uh, I, I think we actually kind of, I, I don't know, I felt like team was being underappreciated coming into this draw. I said it after I think the second or third round, I was looking at uh, Kenan and team, and n- nobody was talking about either one of them yeah. at, the, at the moment. And I just found him professional, getting the job done, uh, wearing his mask incorrectly. <laughs> That's a different story. but just he just took care of business. This feels like a very professional Dominic team right now who's just I've been here. I know I can be here every time. I know what I have to do, energy wise. I know what I have to do, preparation wise. Everything yeah. is in place for him to be the next guy to take that next step.
0: The three players who really impressed me in this field, an honorable mention in this top three is about to come up to Carina Busta, who I think did have okay. a, a solid tournament. Yes, he was given a huge just, gift, huge gift with the default, obviously from Joker despite March, the fact but, that you
1: clearly hate him. I mean,
0: people seem just... to think that, but I, real, I really do not. I just thought his twenty seventeen run was. The cakiest sure. draw Right. I just right, don't right, think it's right. debatable. But anyway, three MVPs for me this tournament were team Medvedev and Rublev. I thought they were mm. the three who like really kind of stood out and were like, okay, you're playing like tennis. It looks like it could win a slam here. Uh, and then Rublev and Medvedev obviously played each other and Medvedev won. And then, and Berrettini actually wasn't bad either. Berrettini, yeah, uh, I agree. A, another honorable mention who lost to Rublev fourth round. So Rublev and then Medvedev and the team. So it was all kind of happened in the bottom half. Yeah, team, you're right. This is a business-like performance for him. I feel like he's come in. None of these guys know they can win a slam because they've never done it before. Right. But he's the one who just looks like he's really taking care of business. And I will say, I think maybe part of the reason he's under the radar, which is maybe recency bias in the wrong way, he got so smoked in that Cincinnati match against Krajinovic, like 2-2 or 2-1 or something like that. Right. And I think, I want to say he's played every match on Ash, I believe, team, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember where the Moonar match was, but the other ones definitely were on Ash. Yeah, that's six. the one I'm.
1: That's the one I'm concerned about. I, so, I think that's right. At I don't least was, six but of seven on Ash,
0: and so that's a slower court, and I think that has helped him, and that has, you know, proven very helpful for him, especially against Medvedev. I think maybe I don't know because I mean the dif- the because dif- Medvedev well Medvedev wasn't getting a lot of depth on his shots tonight. I kept noticing. he wasn't. He hit very few ground stroke winners. I think. Let me look. I think I have this handy. Yeah, eight forehand winners and four backhand winners tonight in, in three long sets. And so just, I don't know. I mean, obviously, team is staying way back, and it's heart is just making you not pass him. But I thought that Medvedev got a little bit too, yeah. It, it just, he wasn't, and Medvedev was losing the short points and winning yes. the longer ones, but he didn't do a good enough job at kind of mixing it up and making team really do a lot of fancy footwork. I thought they could yes. do more.
1: I completely agree, and I, I find myself thinking, I didn't see from Medvedev the, the angles the no. to, to test movement. I didn't see the depth that was necessary. And he plays that type of style that requires those two things in particular. And, and I was a little bit disappointed and disheartened to see that because, again— I think after seeing last year's run through the the summer, right, just you you just kind of expected this something something magic, you know. It's so unorthodox. And I, I actually had a former player who texted me and said nobody actually really likes to watch Daniil Medvedev, right? But I, I was just like yeah, but but what he's doing, I I, I know love the it. players, the I players love it. all effing respect the crap out of him for doing something completely different, and he's coming up with the, these shots from so far behind the baseline, and when he doesn't have it though something like this can happen. I mean, that's the thing is if it's so high risk playing where he does, the way he does, when he's off, this is what happens. And yeah. it's not, you know, I mean, the, the better players are going to be able to exploit that.
0: And, and he had his moments of adjusting early in both yes. of those sets. He went up, what, 4-1 and quick, quick 3-11 and then 4-1 and then 5-2 in the third. And was up a break midway, early midway through that second set also. And yeah, just kind of just like let his foot off the gas a little bit. Didn't have that sort of like that edge to him he just he just kind of backed off a little bit and i was i would i were waiting for his press conference to start before we recorded he went up being like 20 minutes late and i bailed because i'm not waiting around for losers that long but oh my god but he (laughs) i would just wanted to hear him say like did i did i did i pull back that's what serena said against azarenka yesterday i thought was interesting just like i feel like i kind of let my foot off the gas a little bit because serena also went off to a in a longer term more macro flying start in that match and then it had one kind of pivot this was two mid-set pivots in this match with Medvedev and Team. But yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I wondered if he would say I, I just didn't quite squash him when I had some chances because he had every chance to be up two sets to one tonight, Medvedev, and instead he lost. Let me chance.
1: ask. Let me ask you this question because I I did the Vika Serena match, um, which was the second match yesterday after um, Brady and Osaka. Those were two incredibly high quality matches, especially mm-hmm. that first semifinal yesterday. I don't. I don't know that it was going to be possible today for either of these two men's matches to really match up with the, the what we saw yesterday in the women's semifinals. But, God, it really made it feel like it was much more drastically worse for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you see that quality yesterday on a day where we're celebrating the original nine, yeah. the the drama of those two matches, and then you have this, this clunker between Karenio Busta and Zverev, and it just... It felt so much worse. Again, like we could be we could be celebrating the fact that Zverev has done something he never has, and how he did it is gritty, determined, etc. Instead, you know, we're talking about no style points. This, you know, changing of the guard, and it's just like because you know we watched greatness the day before.
0: You know, I I I don't like the a word. You know, the thing that you get when you hit shift and then eight on your keyboard. I don't like that. As a yes. conversation, looking at your keyboard, confirming. Uh, agreed, yeah. but but this is this is a good enough final, you know. Two top ten players, I think, will be okay. I think but so I, too. But I wish I wish one of them had beat Djokovic. I really do. You know, Djokovic being here, I think, gave this tournament such uh, more. I don't want to say credibility, but credibility. It is, in terms yeah. of being a slam and feeling like a slam, and having the big three here, and the way Djokovic took himself out. Uh, and you know, fair enough. Neither of these guys, you know caused the line judge lineswoman to collapse on the ground gasping for air so there's you know points for that uh but that's not usually where the bar is <laughs> and so right. i yeah i just i just i i look forward to whoever wins this i look forward to their second slam you know i i think that's the thing they both can get it but this first one is just a little bit it's, it's arriving at the table pretty tepid
1: i feel that both of these guys i i think you who was who was it that alex gruskin said was going to have 10 slams oh it's he said he yeah. win
0: like 10 out of 13 slams or something. And I said, whoa, right. whoa, we're going to slow down Bogreski. Yes. Right. I find, I find
1: both of these guys, you know, five to seven slams, I think, is very well within the discussion mm-hmm. range mm-hmm. over the next several years. I think mm-hmm. that's perfectly reasonable to, ex- frankly, expect from both of them with their talent. Mm-hmm. I think it's just – so this is just one of them if we're going to look big picture right it's just going to be the first of say 5 for zverev or 5 for a team and and yeah we'll ha- look back and say it was such a unique tournament the way it occurred the bubble novak going out the way he did but uh, ultimately i think it'll kind of cement for one of these two guys it more so zverev if he wins just the idea that they are worthy they are a grand slam champion capable of doing this tournament in tournament out and and see what becomes of them after that and i i think that's just kind of the way i'm looking at the final on sunday
0: and look if team turns in a comprehensive win over zverev i think like he did everything he could possibly be expected to do this tournament right like he beat medvedev in straights and then in this scenario he beats zverev in a comfortable way too like there's no knocking that that's like that's a very reasonable last two to be beating uh to be blowing away you know your felix's and your alex demon R's along the way to like that's totally incredible it's not it's it feels more like a a master's title or a strong 500 draw wise but it's it's a slam and he's made three before and is all things in the world and again and and vera has resume too both of these guys have resume it's just like it's that the Yeah, it's just, again, the style points for Zverev. I cannot get over how unimpressive he's been. And yeah, he can win this tournament. And that's fine. And, you know, not all tournaments are about someone having the one shining moment, you know, beautiful thing. I'm sure, especially you you do challengers, I'm sure you've seen guys absolutely grind things out. that wind up being very important wins for them in their career in terms of within a match or within a tournament. Like, it doesn't always have to be beautiful you know ready to be you know with the with the food photographer there for the you know front page (laughs) of the new york times cooking section sometimes it's just something you can quickly shovel in your mouth before no one sees you yes and to you know get you through and and the number of in a pandemic maybe we should just be all fine with that i I, and that's the thing
1: i i'm trying to keep it all in perspective right i mean again i don't think zverev is going to have nearly the same arguments that you and i are having here about what it means to to have style points to win his first slam he's done something in in a unique time and place that nobody else has let him have the moment
0: i meant to say this earlier but i want to queue up yes the quote he did which is only eight oh, seconds God. long yes. hit, i think this i'm going to play it here his this is the end of his first answer on being in his first grand slam final but uh, i'm looking
1: forward to it and uh you know, yeah, I'm going to find out of a Grand Slam. The, the two best players in the world are going to be playing on court.
0: And again, like that he thinks that these are the two best players in the world. Like, no. again, he's feeling as 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 drag queens say, he's feeling the fantasy. You know, he <laughs> believes it. It's real to him. And that's good. You know, I appreciate that about him. It's it's <sighs> I, I can be taken there. Kind of. Kind of. But not fully. I I can't. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's happy. You know, I I can appreciate in the abstract the idea of other people having great self-esteem for reasons that are unclear. And again, he won six matches at a Grand Slam, so he's objectively (laughs) great at tennis. I feel like you're the one who's Uh, trying to
1: talk yourself through it more than anybody else here, Ben.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just you know. i just. It's day twelve doing daily shows i'm overdue for a breakdown of some kind i'm glad you're here for yeah it, Mike.
1: that's what i that's what i do uh you should hear my podcast with noah rubin oh, that's I what know. i do all I the know. time
0: yes, i haven't plugged that yet behind the <laughs> racket podcast noah rubin noah finally got an ncr i know he's been hankering too for i I'm know glad he to has get him on uh that was good uh, i've seen a lot of noah on our on our match points shows lately so I'm glad to have him <sighs> yeah on as and you as well how has your uh bubble time Ben. we had obviously like yeah. you said, we had we had we had mary and nick on the last couple of days we had blair henley on before it was more about since right. bubble life but for you what has this whole experience been like for you being part of the whichever direction you want to take this very open-ended question sum up your yeah. 20 us open experience personally
1: let me just say that from the my perspective and, and mary talked about it so well so did nick so did blair just talking about some of the Ins and outs the basic daily things. I think for me, from the, my broadcast perspective, I did um, first day, I was working with Zena Garrison. Hmm. and I, I, I mean, what an honor, right? I mean, an incredible mm-hmm. human being there. and I, she said at one point she she couldn't she was struggling a little bit because there's no crowd noise. Yeah. We as broadcasters try to kind of elevate with the crowd a little bit, you know, with the play and all of that. And for me, this was just like home. Yeah. This was, this was me at a challenger with more money and more points. Um, and so better known players. Yeah, uh, sure. Absolutely. But I, I felt so comfortable broadcasting this tournament. It was drastically different for me thinking back to where I was even last year at this, this particular slam or even the Australian Open because I was just like, there's no crowd. I, this is what I do all the time. Okay, there's no crowd. I can make up the energy myself. I'll do this. I, I've got it. And I think all the broadcasters would probably say, yeah, it took a couple of days to adjust to that side. The fact that, yeah, you, you don't elevate your noise when the crowd elevates their noise because there's no crowd. Um, in, in terms of the ins and outs, Ben, I, I, I think Nick said it as well. I wasn't as necessarily. He did a great job with the crowd noise with you guys with you yesterday, right. but bring
0: in bring in his own audio. That was oh cool. Oh my huh? gosh,
1: I. It's much weirder, much more uncomfortable outside the arena. You get down there, it's raw. That's challenger tennis down there. I mean, that's raw, mano a mano, whatever you want to call it, for everything you've got. That's tennis right there. It's outside when you have this these grounds where there are. 40, 50,000 people milling about and none of them are there. that's the parts that is really effing weird. to be able to go, excuse my way I'm going to get into this, but to be able to go into one of the bathrooms, you know, between courts four and five and and there's nobody there in a row of like 25, urinals or toilets (laughs) and there's nobody there it's like what is this it feels like the walking dead in that regard
0: apocalyptic yeah yes
1: um but yeah you you get into the tennis side i know i'll never have the opportunity as i have tomorrow i'm not on the call for the women's um singles final tomorrow i'm gonna be able to sit like third row for a women's singles final at the u.s open holy crap so yeah they're they're You know, bubble life's hard. You don't get a lot of freedom. You don't have the ability to really interact. That's fine. We're all, everybody around the world is dealing with this in some way, shape or form right now with this pandemic. But I know that I am incredibly blessed and I don't use that word lightly. You know me, I don't use that word lightly. I feel so blessed to be able, like I did tonight to watch, you know, a good chunk of that second semifinal to watch the women's final tomorrow. From that type of a venue, that intimate of a setting, and I know I'm lucky, and I'm just going to treat it as such. It, It has really been fun in that regard, and more than anything, what I have noticed is that so much of us, so many of us, excuse me, you know, you too, Ben, have been unable to work. And f- mm-hmm. for most of us, our work involves traveling and interacting with this traveling group of clowns that go around the world or, or through the U.S. to all these uh, venues. We haven't seen each other. Like, you are one of my friends that I get to see, you know, on, on occasions. And frankly, Noah, too, I who mm-hmm. I've seen once in the last six months. And Nick McCarvel. All of us have just like had these moments of just catch up where it's just like, we get to tell our story to somebody who ha- hasn't seen us in six months and we get to hear theirs and their experiences over the last six months. And it has been so heartening to get to talk to Blair, to get to talk to Nick. Uh, I had a moment the other night getting to talk to Ted Robinson and we're, you know, and I was I just like, Holy love Ted crap, Robinson. Ted Robinson. And I, I think that's the thing is yes. It's hard. Yes. It's weird. It's not perfect. But God, we got an opportunity again to see all these people that we love and admire and respect greatly for their tennis prowess on the court. So I'm just going to take it as this weird experience that I have absolutely, for about 99% of it, absolutely loved.
0: That's good. No, like I said, like I said with Nick, and I'll repeat it with you. Like, I am jealous that you get to be there. This is such a... a and I'm hoping we don't get too many pandemic slams. I'm hoping that the yes. pandemic ebbs soon enough. Uh, God knows what the French Open is going to be. I keep saying that on the show. Keep dropping yes. French Open worries. Plug the one in here. <laughs> I, granted, I, have, I, granted, I have the I, same worries. And granted, I was very much a skeptic on US Open, too. And I think that went better than I expected on a lot of levels. Yep. Definitely the tennis was better. <laughs> yeah. Again, save Sasha's Zverev. But the rest of it was all, like, really impressive level. And I... Um, you know, impressed by the sport of for for being this kind of resilient in terms of the players, in terms of the organization. That I didn't think it would match. There was still risk, and they got lucky in a lot of senses. I I don't sure. I'm not gonna say they didn't, but you know, they 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 did the thing, and this we're at the finish line now, pretty much. So so good for them. We already had two doubles trophy ceremonies. Trophies have been handed out. We're 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 good. We're we're pretty <laughs> much set. Yeah yeah. I I I would have loved to have been there, and I'm glad that you're getting to see people. I do miss people too. I miss. I haven't seen. This is the longest I've gone definitely without seeing courtney in a very yes. long time and without seeing lots of other people Reem and tumani and all those other people who are part of yeah, the, sure. the core sort of traveling circus that i'm a part of we would have been together in gosh in indian wells i had a flight the next day i was going to go on indian wells and then i don't know maybe charleston maybe rome definitely rome usually then paris wimbledon all this right. stuff so and then u.s open cincinnati washington uh yeah so i will look forward to whenever it gets back to uh to normal Cause i don't i don't just need sports back to be a freelance writer, I need a surplus of sports, you know, in <laughs> some level, and and yes. I'm so I'm happy that the Times has has done a lot of coverage on the Open. I wasn't sure, yes. honestly, how much we yeah. would do. Uh, a couple months out, I was like, will this be enough work to justify, you know, not getting a job at, you know, DoorDash?
1: <laughs> but, right. No, I'm the same but, way. But it but
0: it, it did this did work out for this couple weeks, and the Patreon backers, who I think in a moment have been massive on this in terms of uh, holding uh, us over during this time. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you're back in the saddle. Glad to hear your voice again on these things, and I uh, hope to hear a lot more of it. Do you know what the uh, what your schedule is like post U.S. Open? Are any of you, are any challengers lined up for you, or are you doing other things, or what is does what your future look like after this?
1: Yeah, I don't have anything set at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I appreciate you asking about the challengers because I get that question a lot. Um, I what I can and and do feel comfortable telling you and and the ncr family is that i i do know that the usta pro circuit is working really hard um to try and get some u.s challengers and itfs on the women's side they're not technically called challengers but some right. some of that those 60 and 80k um events for players not only just in north america but south america the 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 biggest issue I have right now, and, and I know that we have to work top down here, right? We have to make sure that the slams are running because it kind of moves the whole industry in, within tennis. Yeah. But then for me, what always is so important about tennis and what I think makes it so unique is it's all about opportunity, right? You're always in control of your own destiny. You can win and you get to move up and you get to compete at the highest levels. Right. This is the first time... That I've when I've been involved in tennis, where that's not true. We don't have the ability for the South Americans really to be playing too many places. Australians are having to go to Europe for two, three-plus months to be able to compete. The challengers right now as they are in Europe are the toughest challengers we've ever had because the cuts right now are 168, 174. I mean, normally with two, three challengers in a week, you have cuts that are 350, That's like almost a 250 kind of cut. Right. Yeah, It's so hard. And right now, players who are, say, below that 175, there's no chance for them to move up. Yeah. You're talking about players who are on the verge of having a breakthrough and are thinking about, okay, how do I get into Australian Open qualies at the end of the year so I can make that big jump? And they don't have a place to play right now unless they're going to go to the 15K level and try to make 12 points in a week. And And it's... I know the USTA Pro Circuit is working their ass off right now to try and make it happen. They won't be cavalier with safety. That's one thing I'm 100% positive about. They're not going to just say, we're going to take our chance, see if we can make it happen. They're not ever going to do that. Europe, they feel a little bit more comfortable doing that. I don't know that I necessarily believe in that. But I also know that we need to find ways to make sure that there is opportunity for players at all levels to move up or down if they're if they're not of quality.
0: Yeah. No, right. And that's also another thing with the way the ranking system was changed. Points saying a longer guys aren't going to move down if even if they stop winning. And so that's like – that's a that's a protection that the lower guys are not going to be thrilled with. Yeah, that's going right. to harden the ceiling a lot in terms of trying to break yes. through and not having qualities at U.S. Open, which I fully – agree with that decision a hundred percent but not having qualities makes it tougher to have those moments there are gonna have qualities the french open is the plan yes we'll see if you can get over there for that and yeah it's tough i mean we talked about this you were on the show in april i want to say pretty early in in core uh did you hear about guys who sort of who have decided to to walk away from the sport because of yeah a few yeah
1: yeah and I, i i won't say their names because i kind of want them to have their moment if they want to decide to come back or, or not but yeah I've, I think I can count at least six who have mm. I've, I've either talked to directly or I've been told that they're not going to come back um, I mean you I know I know the casual fan will say somebody who's say 350 in the world I mean does it matter if they retire or not maybe not to the grand ecosystem of the sport but again to to do it because there's not the opportunity that's the part that I, I get frustrated about. I, 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 yeah, they don't matter to the grand ecosystem. They're not ever going to be top 10 or top 20 in the world. But opportunity is what makes tennis so fantastic. The fact that <laughs> Sasha Zverev is going to be playing like shit through the entire <laughs> Grand Slam and have the opportunity to win his first Grand Slam. I mean, that's the thing. That's what makes tennis so unique, so fantastic. It's you against another human being. You've got the opportunity on that day to get it done no matter how it looks. And, and when that's not there, I get upset, and
0: I, that's why I'm just like,
1: Sasha, do your thing. That's Do again, your thing, baby. We, di-
0: we didn't really get the real Cinderella stories at this open like I thought we might yep. have. I thought we might have had something really weird happen here. Yeah. Um, and even, not that it would have been really weird, but even like a Jen Brady in the final would have been getting closer to that. Someone who's well, what coming you, uh, on soon. Okay, no, d- I'm going to disagree no, with not, you. She's we- not a Cinderella. She's not, she would not be I- – Not about Jen. Oh, she, not about no. Jen. Okay, Prankham Prankham Prankham. Oh, Pirankova. I mean, that's the story. That was, right. Had Pronkova gotten a little, like, one round further, maybe, yeah. But she already yeah, was. A yeah, yeah, You're right. You're right. Prankova is a good pick. But what I love about Slams is, you know, you go to Roehampton on day one or to US Open <laughs> Qualies on day one. <laughs> yeah. And you see some players who sometimes the tennis is not always amazing quality of yep. those matches. Right. They're nervous, obviously, and a lot of them haven't been there before. And some of it can be really, really good. But you look at them and you're like, wow, you are actually 10 wins from winning Wimbledon. Like, yeah, you could right. have an amazing three weeks and win Wimbledon. Like, Marcus in other sports, Willis, you don't get that. Man. Yes, Marcus Willis. Exactly. He's a great example of that. Um, as much as he's done nothing with his post-Wimbledon <laughs> bump on any level. Um, Marcus Willis, absolutely. So, uh, Cartman. Uh, still can that can so we just light. say,
1: I didn't really think of, I, I, I'd forgotten he beat Medvedev in that tournament. Yeah, in They follow-round
0: qualifying, he beat Medvedev. And
1: Rublev. He beat Rublev in the first round of Qualies.
0: And he beat I mean Barankis, he beat Barankis in main draw first round. Right. And then he also famously beat uh in the in the Snickers match with the uh the RC Cola. Yeah, he beat Tennis, Tennis Sangren, who's a two time Australian Open off a quarter finalist. Like he beat yes. some real people, old yes. fat old fat uh, uh Marcus <laughs> Willis. Which I say with love as a fat person also. Like yes, I you right. know it it was inspiring the perspiring. So
1: Yes. But that's like that's that is the perfect story, right, to illustrate it. That that's the guy took advantage of the opportunity that was presented to him yeah. and used it. And, yeah, you're right. We, we It's an extreme really... example, but yeah. Sure, but we didn't – other than Parankova, we didn't really have that, that Cinderella story going from 200 in the world because the qualifier, qualifiers weren't there. We had a – I mean, Francis coming through, especially on the men's side. You could say Jordan Thompson reaching the fourth round. Davidovich, Fakina, okay. But, yeah, we didn't have just that one breakthrough to, to get there. I mean, everybody in the quarterfinals – you could say, okay, I can yeah. see him in a Grand Slam no, quarterfinal. here's final. the thing:
0: none of the guys. I do this chart, which I update every Slam, about who's made their first yep. Grand Slam semifinal? No first-time semifinals on the men's side. That's hmm. relatively rare recent times, and it's in. It, we had three people make their second: yes. uh, kranio Zverev, and mevedev all only in their second Grand Slam semifinal, but they'd all been there at least once before. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, it's uh, it's it's results-wise, this men's term has not been the most exciting or, or story book or anything the men the women's has been i think much better looking forward to the women's final a lot more i yes. can say that honestly uh Osaka, i am too azarenka should be great and look forward to that tomorrow and look forward to every time i get to see you mike we'll hopefully have to reconvene sometime soon are you getting chances to play poker while you're in the bubble
1: not it, in online the
0: bubble. online i mean
1: online poker uh no i have not played while i've been here because i've Again, tried to watch as much tennis as sure. I could. On top of it, uh, I uh, the first five days, I watched as many guys who I have, quote-unquote, come up with. You know, guys who I started covering and broadcasting yeah. 2013, 2014, 15. If they were in doubles, I was on court 12. If they were in singles, I was on court 3. You know, I was at every single match I could possibly get to supporting guys who I've come up with. And just more so, so I can see them. Say hello, you know, wish them the best. And so I've watched so much tennis. I I won't need to watch the French Open. Like I've watched so much tennis (laughs) over this fortnight, which is which is great. And poker begins again next week.
0: I think the Rome draw comes out in like less than twenty four hours. Like we're getting qualifying draws out. Yeah, we're getting like no break. Like it's US final day, and Rome is already starting. That's just gonna be tough. That's tough to process. Injuries, COVID. Oh, God. And, and Rome, as I said, it's a big fixture on my year usually. it's so Rome is like a tournament I definitely care about. I don't think they're allowing media on site this year anyway.
1: Can I make a new rule? Yeah. If you are on – if I saw this of a coach of a prominent player the other day before they went over to Rome. Out on social media taking photos with people, no social distance, no mask. If you're doing that, right before you go into a quote-unquote bubble – you don't get
0: to go in the bubble, like right. you. If you're, ex- I, I'm sorry, don't do it. Don't yep. effing do it. I, I stop. Agree. Look, I, I think I mentioned this on another show, but seeing folks like Sitsipasto. I think it's already in Europe on clay, and I think he's going to play Rome. You know, gallivanting around New York City with questionable mask usage after getting eliminated. It, this idea that I think people had that like, oh, you can just have the bubble teleport from one bubble to another. Like, no, that's not happening. And they're not even trying their best at that. They're they're no. going out and enjoying the city, which Okay, fair enough. If you want to do that, no one's stopping you. But that's not in the spirit of the bubble, if nothing else, and it shouldn't be in the law of it either. And this is why tennis, as a traveling tour, like needed to come up with something that was not a traveling tour during a pandemic. Yes. Like the fact that Rome is in a different location than Paris this year ridiculous. Like that Cincinnati did that. That was a problem. Sorry, sorry. That was great. There needs to be more of that. I wish that Washington had gotten on board early enough. They could have maybe added like another week to the bubble too, or something like that. Also. Uh, it didn't work out that way for them, but that would have been a great solution. One thing you mentioned, I want to. One thing I didn't talk about in the show, very briefly. American guys, right? Yeah. You, kind of your people. Uh, most you yeah. see most of them come up through the USO through the USTA, uh, pro circuit in various times. The American women had a good tournament. Uh, Jen Brady yes. making semis. Shelby Rogers making quarters. Obviously, Serena's yeah. her own story. Uh, the men did not. The men had a bad tournament. I think by their standards, considering this was supposed to be a huge chance. For regional guys, to more of them to get in and to more of them to play. And granted, there weren't as many men's withdrawals from the field as there right. were well for the women, so fewer men got in, and there's just fewer good American men in terms of the rankings compared to the women. But only one of them making fourth round in Francis, and he got really handled in that fourth round by Medvedev. Yeah uh fritz lost a tough one that's to the one that
1: that hurts the, the, yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i mean dennis uh, to also then beat a right afterwards yeah well done but yeah fritz serving for that one in the fourth set that that was the one that i thought you know i like if you give me say that let's just let's just say the four americans in francis tommy paul riley opelka and Taylor Fritz, those four young Americans. If you give me say two of them into the fourth round, I consider that a good, good tournament for the next gen of American men. Unfortunately, we only got one. I, I couldn't, I didn't get to see Riley's match. I know he was bothered by injury, so I don't know that yeah. he was a hundred percent. He mean, played golf in the
0: first round. That's that's rough.
1: That's a, that's a tough draw. Uh, who did? Cress- Cressy
0: had a good tournament. I mean, he had second round. But he, like played, <laughs> right. he played Sitsipas tough enough second round. He did okay. Tommy yeah.
1: played. Tommy played Grigor Dimitrov again in the first round. I mean, that's a tough draw. It's, yeah. I I, I think it it felt to me Ben like it, especially for Tommy. He's a guy who needs some tournaments, and to then get you, you give him say uh, I don't know Sumit Nagal yeah. to you know in, in the first round and he gets through that. Maybe he gets on a roll. But I I, I mean you also need to say Escobedo gets his first Grand Slam win. Marcos Giron gets his. First Grand Slam win. It doesn't move the needle necessarily, yeah. but again, it's something. JJ Caval- Wolf, a couple, Capri- of, a couple of rounds. JJ Wolf making
0: third round, yeah, for sure. Dennis Kudla was up two sets and a break on Chilich. I think he served yeah. the match in that. I that was, I him, was him. there
1: for the entirety of that match, actually. Yeah, I
0: watched a lot of that match, actually, in the stream. It was actually pretty good. I was, And Ch- and Kudla looked like he was loving the fast the low courts and everything, too. I was yes, like, wow, he Kudla. Was. I thought Kudla had a real shot of, had he continued it, of beating team. I thought like I that thought was, so in, too. I thought it was an interesting draw to, as it shaped up. But uh yep. Anyway, that's your American recap.
1: I think some of these guys maybe haven't played a lot of matches. Right. I I think is what the way I'd put it, um, you know, they they didn't have the high profile tournaments other than World Team Tennis here in the US. So, uh, and Riley didn't play it. Uh, Tommy played. Did he play? No, I don't think he played at all. Francis had COVID. Tommy Taylor played World didn't Team play. Tennis. Tommy did. Okay. So so I and I don't know, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the reason, but who Anyhow. knows? I think it'll be a time where we see start seeing a couple of those guys each time in the fourth round rather quickly.
0: Do you think, last thing to bring it back to where we started, sort of with this yeah. final coming up, once we get a new champ, right, and the floodgates, will the floodgates open, right? Will it be like people start seeing a team or a Zverev, you're shaking your head?
1: No? I, I say no immediately just because of the fact that I think, I think we might there. see it. Yeah, I think because Novak's still there that I just don't. I, I mean, I think Novak's Novak. You, you take out that. I mean, I, I still think he's a favorite to win this tournament, right? Yeah. And I think everybody feels the same. Rafa's still Rafa at this point. I, I don't know what Fed's going to look like after this latest surgery. Who knows? Um, so I think you'll start to see more of them in the finals. I don't know necessarily that you're going to see more of them winning for the next two years. Past 33, 34 for Novak. I mean, it's anybody's guess how his body holds up. Same for Rafa at this point, too.
0: Yeah, there we go. Well, the, my floodgates of, of love and affection for you, Mike Kation, are always I, uh, just absolutely gushing.
1: I miss you desperately. I have been heartened to have you and sometimes Courtney mm-hmm. in, in the mornings every day to kind of prepare me. More Courtney me. than usual, lately. Isn't that nice? Isn't it nice to Courtney on the show? Um, I, I believe so. this is my favorite fourth time on ncr uh grand total of appearances by courtney during those four times is a goose egg yeah um it'll change at some point
0: maybe Um, maybe
1: but but uh, again i've said it multiple times courtney gave me the best piece of broadcasting advice of all time and someday i would like to the the day it was i was actually with you too Uh, i was asking her for pronunciation of somebody that Caroline Wozniacki was playing the first match I ever did at the Australian Open on a world feed. And I was freaking out because it was my first time ever being on a world feed of a Grand Slam. Yeah. And she said, Mike, tennis is tennis, man. And she's like, you know tennis. Tennis is tennis. And I was just like, right. right. Yes, tennis, is, yep, right. Okay, I'm good. And I just went up and had fun, and that was it.
0: And what you do is so much tougher, I hope you know, because, like, you do stuff with guys who are there's not already a book on these guys right yeah sure i once got i once very briefly like guessed it i didn't get wasn't a job or then i didn't get paid for it but like did like one set of australian open world feed during qualies once yeah and they i think i was by myself and it put me on a match it was on show court three between blake mott and Enrique yeah. lopez perez oh yeah and not only had i not seen these people i never <laughs> heard of either of them at this point right. on this match and it was really hard. Like I can talk yes. just purely about what I see and when I pick up in the first, you know, 10 minutes I was there. I think it only lasted 30 minutes and they probably got yanked me off there pretty quickly, mercifully for everyone involved and all 20 people listening. But, you know, it was, uh, it's hard, man. It, you know, I can sort of, I can tell stories or anecdotes about your, in the final about Osaka or as Renka till the cows come home. But doing a first round match between uh, looking at the draw here, Mitchell Kruger and Pedro Sosa, I would struggle with that.
1: I'd at least have had half of that down pat. I know. Man. I knew Kruber would be you get. Cougar, and he won
0: his first time match, too. So. All
1: I wanted was I just wanted the, the one match I wanted that I didn't get here, Ben, was the tennis nerd matchup of Brandon Nakashima and Paolo Lorenzi. I really wanted more than anything in life to be calling that match. I didn't get it. And that's going to haunt me forever that I didn't get to call The mad dog, Paola Lorenzi and Brandon Binak, is somehow like besties with Jeannie Bouchard now from World Team Tennis, which is, again, weird, weird stuff. She
0: makes friends. Anyway, we'll leave that there. Mike, thank you very much. You're welcome,
1: Ben. Miss you a lot.
0: Miss you a lot. Thanks again. Bye. Gosh, thank you so much to Mike Cation for being on NCR. Thank you to all of you for listening through 12 days of these shows. Well, we started on day zero, so our 13th U.S. Open episode. Well, 14 if you count the draw show. It's been a lot of U.S. Open coverage. It's been a lot of fun to do. I've had a lot of fun doing it, hoping that you've had just as much fun listening and hopefully getting more sleep than I am lately, because I'm staying up pretty late to post these things after the day's play. Uh, It keeps ending late, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and for your support of the show in many ways, but especially on Patreon, where we continue to have People roll in with their support. We have one new backer, I believe, to report today. Yes, one new backer since our last show, and that is Jay Chin Dusting. So thank you to Jay Chin Dusting for your support. And also thank you to all of you who have supported us previously at any level, and especially to our Patreon Slam Champ backers. We thank every show. Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Leo Williams, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Wellens, Sean Mulroy, Joseph Haar, Susanna W., and Antonio Maycumber, as well as our GOAT backers, Mike, Charles Cena, and J.O.D. Just the finals left on the single side of, for us here. We have Naomi Osaka versus Victoria Azarenka on the women's side on Saturday, and then the men, Dominic Thiem versus Alexander Zverev on Sunday. U.S. open it's almost closed and we thank you for being open to us in your hearts and ears someone's about ready to become the champion bye guys